0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Let's turn our attention to the animals of this world. Jane Pickett are the, of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, adjoining me. Um, good afternoon to you, Jane. Hi there. And you survived Storm Ellen last night. Did you have it bad you in Newmarket? What?
1: You know, it wasn't too bad. I think I was expecting a whole host of trees to be down around everywhere and around home as well. But nothing we've survived unscathed, thank God, for the meantime. But I suppose it's still fairly windy out there. So and
0: knows. it was funny. It was funny yesterday we were hearing and, and we'd said this, I think, last week as well, when we, there was thunder forecast. People were saying yesterday that they, they could see it in their animals. Animals are great at sensing changes in weather.
1: Oh, absolutely. One of my own dogs was an absolute wreck yesterday evening. She was very unhappy about it being very windy outside. It was very out of sorts altogether. Normally she sleeps downstairs in her bed snuggled up with my other dog, Sally. Uh, but no, she was having none of that. She wanted to go upstairs and be on top of my bed last night and that was that. Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> she was... Very worried, but um, it all seems to have blown over and she's settled a little bit Good. today. But I think certainly, yeah, lots of people are experiencing funny changes in their animal behaviour because they're very worried about all of the noise and all the storms, so yeah, not, but nothing they, unusual. It's
0: just, it's amazing the way they seem to be able to sense it in advance though whatever sort of Oh yeah, a, they're like instinct. weather forecasters. Yeah, it's incre- incredible. Yeah. Okay, straight into questions. Breathe in Mallow. Hi, would you please ask your lovely vet, Jane, for any advice? I have two indoor cats, 14 and 15 years old, but this past few months, it's gone beyond a joke. The female won't allow the male come anywhere near us without her hissing and growling at him. Every now and again, he decides to retaliate and he beats her up. I actually can't leave them unattended for fear they'll break into a cat fight. Both of them, by the way, are neutered. They've lived together all of their lives. Now, the only thing different is, I've been feeding a stray cat out in the garden. Would that have anything to do with this aggressive behaviour, thanking you? Or is it something to do with the age of the
1: cats? Mm, This is a really interesting one. I think my gut feeling is I think it's unlikely to be something to do with the age, particularly if they've been together all of their lives. And it's not, let's say, that a new new cat has been introduced between the two of them. I think it's unlikely. Now, there's a few things that could happen. I think certainly feeding the cat out in the garden, the wild feral cat, may have something to do with it, but perhaps indirectly. So the little female cat might feel that essentially, as owners, we are the providers of all of the things they need in life their comfort, their food, their water. And in a sense, to them, as cats, although they love us, we are a resource. So, in a sense, if that little cat feels that, oh, there's another cat on the scene outside, and although my friend has been living with me all of these years, you know, somebody else is beginning to monopolize my owner, I need to protect them. So, that may be what's happening, that perhaps the balance has shifted a little bit with feeding the cat outside. And cats are incredibly kind of perceptive creatures. Even the subtle changes in, you know, if you move a chair or move a piece of furniture, that can, you know, wreck their world. They think that the world is falling asunder and that they don't understand what's happening. So certainly feeding another cat in the environment might cause a certain degree of upset. Now, I think our owner has done a really good thing here in making sure that the cats aren't left unattended now that this aggression has come to the fore. Um main things I would say are try and make sure that they both have somewhere to drink that's separate, they both have somewhere to eat separate and they both have multiple litter trays inside if they use a litter tray inside. What they need is options for their resources so that they don't feel like they're getting in each other's way and they may never have had any of this behaviour all along but something as small as either a change in behaviour with age. We do sometimes appreciate that in older cats, very much like in older people, we can sometimes get behavioural change. Um, Or whether it's the cat outside that has upset the balance, just make sure that they have enough of their normal resources. So food, water, bedding, somewhere to sleep, that's totally separate so that they're not fighting between themselves for the things that they kind of mark as essential. But I think that may help potentially feeding the feral cat somewhere else kind of further away from the house might help as well.
0: OK, because they can take lumps out of each other. Even oh, even elderly cats like that. Stay with cats and disturbed behaviour. Karen in Whitegate uh, said there was a thunderstorm a few nights ago in her area. Her cat happened to have gone out to go to the toilet when there was a massive clap of thunder. Frightened the life out of the cat who ended up running in under a bush. We managed to get her out and bring her back into the house. But she now seems scared of everything. If there's any sort of a, no- a noise she's jumping, they're thinking it's related, related to the event with the thunderstorm. will will she eventually calm down?
1: I suspect so. Um, I think if this behaviour only started around the time of the thunder and big and her getting scared and going out and hiding under the hedge, I think it's quite likely that things will settle now that the weather is potentially settling a little bit as well. It can really shake them up and they can be very much on their guard for a few days particularly if they've got a really big fright. The one thing I just keep in the back of your mind is as long as she's otherwise well on herself eating, drinking, albeit a little bit scared and worried about things, um, if, if she's unwell in herself or if the signs aren't settling down in two or three days when the weather is, let's say, hopefully back to normal, um, then maybe just consider is there something else that's making her a bit more sensitive. So really interestingly, we do appreciate um, kind of an increase in fear and behavioral signs, particularly in dogs that might have a, a pain somewhere, particularly within the skeleton or the muscles. It's only kind of at the forefront of research at the moment but we do think that there might be some connection with some patients being a little bit more sensitive to noise and big claps of thunder if they have got some underlying discomfort. So if the signs aren't going away and she's not settling back into being her normal self I just pop her to the vet for just a, a quick check over make sure everything's ticking around okay. But My gut feeling is I
0: think so she'll be That it will settle. Days. Okay, hi. Question please for Jane. My seven-year-old neutered retriever has ongoing problems with anal glands. They require emptying of same on a two-weekly basis. Now, she had two oh, wow. benign polyps okay. removed about six months ago and is on a fibre diet on an anti-inflammatory. My vet has suggested removal of the anal glands. I'm worried about complications of the same and um, which uh, any advice will be greatly appreciated thank you New. that's from Marie
1: yeah I, th- I think this is a really tough one um, my heart goes out to you Marie it's really really frustrating anal gland problems both for you as an owner but for the animal as well which I'm sure you appreciate it can be quite an irritating thing to have to have let's say anal glands becoming really full or impacted um, and it can be quite uncomfortable for the pet so well done on getting that getting that sorted and working with your best. Um, when we get to a point where, let's say, standard therapy for anal gland problems has failed, whether that be clearing them out frequently and using things like high fibre supplements, um, I suppose your vet will most likely have ruled out some of the other things that can cause kind of increased impaction, um, which would be things like an underlying infection of the glands, for example. Um, now, what I would say is with, with your vet recommending potentially removing the gland, it's it's a totally valid treatment option. But as I would say, without seeing the patient, it's difficult to know what's suitable for what patient. I'm sure your vet has had a, had a really good think about that and knows the whole situation. So they, that will be the best advice to follow. Complications of it can be quite worrisome at times, and it's really a balancing act of how much benefit the patient is going to get from that procedure versus the risks. So the main risks of removing the inner glands will be causing incontinence because the operation takes back takes place around the, the back end or the bottom, as it were. It's a very delicate area with a lot of nerves controlling the muscles there and any damage there can sometimes make um, little dogs incontinent. So they could potentially be pooing themselves and, and not realising. Now, it does happen infrequently, but I think... I'd have another chat with your vet about your concerns and to just discuss the the benefits for your dog given the situation, but also the potential complications and if they occurred, how to manage them. But I think stick with it, stick with your vet's plan, uh, and you'll get there. Yeah,
0: and it's for, at the end of the day, it's it's for the dog, as you say, to have yeah. to have to go through that every two weeks. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. Let's stay with problems down the rear end. Dan says, uh, Hi, Jane. Uh, what could be wrong with my Jack Russell? His poo looks like knobs of sand. I saw him one time. It looks like he's got an itch in his rear end, pulling himself along the yard. He's 11, eating and drinking uh, well and, and uh, perfect. Other than that, other than what's going on with his... His bowels.
1: Okay, that's an interesting one. If it's little knobs of um, knobs sand... Of sand so I yeah. It, yeah, I, I assume it's probably quite light colours then, these little knobs that are popping out. It could be a few things. So if it's actually the poo itself that's gone quite kind of sandy, grainy, is something that he's eating or having access to that's causing that the poo to look that way. But my first protocol would probably be to speak to your vet about whether you, whether kind of you're due for worming again. Sometimes we can see little kind of almost grains of rice or grains of sand um type appearance coming out the back end and they can actually be a worm called tapeworm. Yep. Um so I think definitely the first thing I do is speak to your vet about what wormer they would recommend. Um and potentially even have a chat to your vet about whether they need to see a stool sample if it's something that's worrying you. So I know it's a, it's a bit funny kind of taking a poo sample in for show and tell but sometimes it really helps. Um, so don't be shy about giving your vet a call and seeing if you can do that if you if you need to. But I think certainly my first my first gut reaction will be worms you might need to be wormed. Okay. And In an adult dog, we'd normally recommend worming at least every three months.
0: And that would create um, the itch as well that the dog that obviously create, has.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that will be my first thought. But have a chat to your vet.
0: Okay. I, Eileen says, any ideas why there is a wet patch on the bed of my nine-year-old female spayed terrier every time she gets up?
1: Okay. So in older lady dogs, we can sometimes get a little bit of leaky bladder, similar to in humans. Um, and it's just the kind of, uh, the, let's say, the, the stopper on the bladder, the little sphincter that holds the pee in. Sometimes it becomes a little bit less tight and a little bit kind of more flexible with age. And that could be to do with lots of things, including hormonal changes that happen in older female pets. Um, if it's becoming a problem, which certainly it sounds like it is to me, I would present to your vet for a physical exam. And there's a few things we'd probably do at that point. We'd want to make sure that it's not something else causing kind of an excessive little pee or urgency to pee, like urine infection. Your vet might need to take a little urine sample um, as well as do a full physical exam. But if indeed it is that just that little stopper on the bladder has become a little bit loose and we're having a little bit of a, a, an older lady leak, then there are medications that we can give that are very effective in reducing that or even stopping it. So I'd definitely give a chat to your vet Potentially bring along a urine sample if you can get one, and then that—that's the the kind of starting point for that.
0: Okay, and you have a minute to answer this: uh, a two-year-old husky cross German Shepherd, still very excited. When will he calm down?
1: Oh God, the short answer is probably never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, age as well, cross, isn't
0: it? It's still young, yeah, two years of age.
1: We're we're kind of going through the teenage stage but we're we're getting to the tail end of that now at two years what I would say is as a breed Huskies themselves and whatever we're crossed with they're extremely active they can be bananas if they don't have enough kind of mental stimulation and exercise so my main tips would be lots of socialization lots of walks to burn off the energy and really work that brain so some training like tricks or sits today etc just to keep them mentally stimulated and you may find that they're kind of usual demeanour might be a little bit calmer once they're kind of fully fully satisfied with both exercise and brain.
0: Because a cross between a German Shepherd and a Husky, that's a big dog.
1: That is a big dog, a big energetic dog. And both Huskies, like Huskies were originally built for a very cold climate and lots of hard work. And similarly, like German Shepherds are incredibly clever dogs that need to be incredibly mentally stimulated. They're so, so smart. They're They're working dogs almost. Exactly, yeah, we're
0: working yeah. dogs. Yeah. All right, listen, have a great week and we'll talk to you next Thursday.
1: You too. Thank Thanks you. Thanks a
0: million. Bye bye. Jane Pickett, there, uh, a resident vet of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in market part of the Mill Street uh, Veterinary uh, Group of I.